Hello and welcome to Who Watches the World Cup, the podcast where, well, I don't even know what we do anymore, Dave. <laughs> we compare the political machinations of social and economic... I don't know, I don't know, I've lost it. What is it? <laughs> Something... Oh, and football. This... And football. Yes, and football, yeah. That's the important part of this podcast. The, the podcast where we talk about the influence of politics on football and the international tournaments. Euro 2020. We're out of the group stages, baby. We've done it. Yeah, we did it. Me and you. Yes, me and you. We did it. But I don't know about you, Dave, but that final day of the group stages was possibly the greatest footballing experience I've ever had. Was it really? It was one of them. It was up there. We had Germany playing Hungary in Munich. Then we had Portugal playing France in Budapest. And the table started off, you know, France were at the top of the table. I think Hungary were at the bottom of the table. But goals were being banged in left and right. The table was changing over 90 minutes. Portugal, during that night, occupied all four spaces on that table. Portugal, throughout the course of 90 minutes, were were going through first. They were going through second. They were going to go through third. And they weren't even going to go through at all. And over 90 minutes, it chopped and changed until it all finished exactly the same way that it began. (laughs) Yeah, ultimately. Very much like Loki episode three. Not the topic of this, of this particular podcast, but the whole night was ultimately pointless. Much like Loki episode three. Yes, yeah, we we spoke a little bit about that off pod earlier, and I think we we we, uh, we agreed. Yes, but unlike Loki episode three, the football was great. Oh yes, yeah, no, it, it was. Yeah, it was like ninety minutes of Tom Hiddleston without everybody else dragging him down. <laughs> That's what it was like. And but Tom uh, Hiddleston is Ronaldo or something. Yes, and Owen Wilson is, is Thomas Benzema. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But ultimately, when we come to the end of the group stages, we have to say goodbye to some people. Um, yeah. And that's, it's always emotional because teams come in trying to do their best. Some of those teams that we were really hoping would, would, would go through haven't managed it. There have been some surprises along the way, some twists and turns, satisfying ones, unlike Loki, episode three. But... The the person I'm the most sad to say goodbye to is going to be my favourite Turkish YouTuber, Sadat Pika, who... Of course. He's not going to get another appearance for us, which is a real shame, because uh, Turkey have tried to be... have tried to extradite him, and he's, he's hanging on, Dave. They're like, oh, you bloody send him back to Turkey. And I'm like, Turkey, trust me, if he goes home... It's the only thing you've got going home because you're out of the Euros. Yeah, well, I suppose Stat Picar might not be going home, but the entire Turkish football team is. You would have thought they'd be satisfied with that because that's like 25 people. Like, he's only one, <laughs> he's only like one dude in a gold chain. Yeah, but the difference YouTube is that they don't know. particularly want to have their football team come home at this point. It is a surprise. Right, like we expected Turkey to do well. I think a certain somebody, not saying who, but a certain somebody predicted that they might well come second in that group. That certain somebody, I'm not ashamed to admit, was in fact me. 
I know that's what you were <laughs> trying to get me to admit. Yeah, no, I, I almost did a spit were... take then. Because you were drinking like, from a... I, yeah, yeah, I almost did a, a spit take, like a... Oh my God, it was you all along. <laughs> but then I realised no one could see and I would have just spat water on my laptop. For no good reason. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I really thought Turkey were going to be strong. Um, they, their, their squad looked good and their running looked good and their qualification was good, but they were shit. <laughs> they they only yes. scored one goal, lost all three of their games. And the, that one goal they got in the last game against Switzerland... So yeah, that was that is probably the biggest shocker of the teams going home, I'd say. Especially when you had Switzerland and Wales in that group, but you know Switzerland have been steady, and Wales have kind of repeated their, some of their magic from five years ago, which has been great to watch. Was there something that Turkey just did wrong? Did certain key players slip up, or was it just they just ultimately they just didn't show up for any of the matches I think it's that yeah they just didn't seem to perform they didn't seem to be on it and they obviously got they got demolished by Italy in their first game and then the game the game against Wales was actually a lot more exciting a lot more tense um, a lot tighter and then Wales got their goals right at the end of the first and right at the end of the second half so that was that was nice drama maybe it could have gone either way even though I don't really remember Turkey creating a lot it's just when things are poised at nil-nil even at one-nil you do worry that it just takes one moment and that it can completely turn turn the team's fortunes. A bit like it did with, um, uh, who was it, like uh, with Germany against Portugal, where they just didn't really seem like they were still that Germany from that first game. But then all it took was an own goal. And then the, suddenly they got their, their mojo back. But it didn't happen for Turkey. And they were beaten quite easily by Switzerland in the final game. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know what happened. They just didn't show up. They, what, they weren't up for it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming, really. I think they had a bit of a difficult time as well with the way that their fixtures were were lined up. Because they had to play the opening game in Rome against Italy. Then they had to fly to Baku, Azerbaijan. And it was like they've kind of had the worst of both worlds, really. Like, at least when Wales played their first game in Baku... They were there for a, they were there for like eight days before getting ready. They had time to prepare to settle in, whereas Turkey, I feel like, with that team that like, just they had the most difficult set of schedules. You get the yeah. immediate demolition by Italy, and then you've got to try and pick yourself up after that. And if you yeah. can't, and you've got to travel, and, and you've, you've got, got to, travel, to do all, yeah. all that stuff as well. Then there's only five days between the games, so yeah, it's like he's basically wasting a day or two in travel. Yeah. Then you've got to train, and but you've also got to rest after one game. Yeah, so yeah, that's a fair point. I do feel a little bit, a bit sorry for them in that respect. Okay, well, a team that I don't feel particularly sorry for, Russia. <laughs> yeah, hard to feel sorry for them this time around. Yes, with Russia, I like to make the joke, you can call me Dom, because you're going Dom, because Dom is also the Russian word for home. <laughs> well, that's, and when, that's good, that's good when, stuff. When people in Russia would be like, oh, what's your name? I go, oh, my name's Dom. They're like, ha 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 ha. That means a word and, in our language. Yeah, yes, and if, if, you go to the, if you go to Holland and like, what's your name? My name's Dom. They're like, ha ha, because it means stupid. Ha <laughs> your name means stupid. So I'm Dominic everywhere in the world. Because there's, yeah. there's nobody misconstruing that. No, everyone goes, oh, like Vin Diesel in Fast and the Furious. And yes. Like, yes, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, no one's like, oh, if you're Dom, then who's the sub? 
It's like a very, it's very oh, funny. That's cool. very, Yes, yes. There's a lot of funny condom, Domino's pizza. Let's just we can go through them all. We can go through them all. <laughs> but somebody who is going to be needing probably a lot of Domino's pizzas are going to be the Russian fans, because what an embarrassment for their nation. I think ultimately they'll be embarrassed to finish bottom of the group. They're um, a real sub. They're, they're well, honest. yeah, and and <laughs> Finland with a dom. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think many people thought Finland were going to get anything at all. So to go out equal points and get a worse off goal difference than Finland, that's, mm, yeah, I think I'd be disappointed if I was um, a part of the Russian setup. But with Belgium being the top of the group and Denmark being a good team, and I mean, Denmark have been a better team than anyone thought they were in this tournament, but they would have been thinking, well, it's between us and Denmark here, and it's about about how we do against them um, to see who goes through. And it, then it was Denmark who gave them the biggest trouncing of, uh, of the whole oh. group. And in, in one of the best games of this group stage by far. That was an absolutely unbelievable game. And I'm sure when we come to talk about Denmark for the, uh, the quarterfinals episode, we'll be sure to bring that up. But Russia just collapsed in the, the especially the second half of that Denmark game they was just they just didn't seem to have anything left at all um there was no fight in them they just they'd capitulated and like Denmark just I don't know they just turned it on and that was pretty much it there was no stopping them and Russia no. didn't try no they didn't try hard enough a bit like we'll get to it but in Ukraine's last group game they just didn't seem like they really were trying it to go through and they were lucky to now go through as one of the best well the least the least bad third place teams but yeah Russia just felt didn't seem like they really believed that they could do it after getting like a bit like what we said about in group A they their first game was against the the best team in the group Denmark uh, sorry Belgium and they got beat 3-0 and I think everyone was just thought that was par for the course then they scrape a 1-0 win against Finland who were coming off of scraping their own 1-0 win against a very distraught Denmark team in that, in that opening round of games. Um, and yeah, just Denmark were just great. Uh, just like they were in the first half against Belgium. They ended up losing against Belgium, but that first half, they're scoring in a couple of minutes. Like They were brilliant. Belgium didn't know what to do about it. And they took that energy into the Russia game. And we saw uh, two of uh, the best goals, I think, in this tournament. The, the Damsgaard opener from that side of the box, that was beautiful. And he's this young young upstart who's really only been playing because of what happened to Christian Eriksen. And he's kind of had to take on that mantle and he's been, yeah, one of their standout players by far. And then Russia gave away basically their second goal. Do you remember? They just went to pass it back to the goalie, a terrible back pass, and Paulson just goes, thanks very much, taps it into an empty net. And then you get that rocket from Christensen outside the box um, after Russia got back to to 2-1 with a penalty. Um, But yeah, I think after that went in, you were just like, well, that's it. It's only going one way here. Russia are not coming back from this. That's that's it. And then they end up scoring another, ends 4-1. And yeah, Russia's hope's gone. And it is, their performances are a bit more like what I was expecting in the World Cup. And cause based on their what I thought their quality was and what their squad depth was. Um, so it kind of feels like this is um, vindication for that home field. I don't want to say advantage, but if you have a whole st- a whole tournament taking place in your country, it does put an extra spring in your step. There's a boost of adrenaline every game, and there, without that, they played like the Russia that I kind of think that they are. 
Yeah, well, I mean, Russia had the advantage in the group stages of multiple games being played in St. Petersburg as well. And then this Denmark game was in Copenhagen. Denmark had the obvious advantage there, and yeah, they u- they used it for all it was worth. And the Russians never really stood a stood a chance once it got going. Yeah, I guess that's so, that's fair to say the other way with with all the home fans in Copenhagen, that and everything that's happened to them at this tournament, it is almost written that they were going to pull that kind of performance out. I think Denmark. It would have been hard to imagine them capitulating. Yeah. Well then, let's go through to Group C. This is the most tragic one for oh, me. What a heartbreak. Our beautiful North Macedonian boys, our beloved Goran Pandev, waving goodbye to international football at their first international tournament. I have to admit, Dave, when we did our first episode and you and I, you said, I think you want North Macedonia to win. I was like, I do, because they've got a beautiful flag. And that was really what was carrying me through. <laughs> but then after watching them play, watching North Macedonia play, it feels like the opposite of watching Russia play. Or actually, it feels very much like the opposite of watching England play where you watch North Macedonia and you're like, they don't quite have the talent that they need to make it through. But what a fucking team. Yeah. Like the balls on this team, the courage on the team, the heart on the team. It's like watching Rocky, but actually Rocky isn't very good at boxing. So it's actually exactly like watching Rocky. (laughs) Right? And... If, if if all Rocky had to do to win was to stay in and that was it, you know, then, then that would be enough. But for North Macedonia, I think they have earned a lot of respect at this tournament. And, like, the results... The first game, we, we said before in a previous episode, their first game was a 3-1, a 3-1 loss to Austria. And we said uh, that felt a little harsh, like, they they played really well and they consistently played well I thought, um, but this was kind of this felt like it, it was inevitable really, but like Goran Pandev especially can leave international football being like we did it right we got here and they unlike Russia and Turkey, North Macedonian players can go home with their heads held high getting knocked out they lost three games and they can go home feeling proud because they played good solid football and they earned the respect of a lot of people doing it I think yeah yeah I absolutely agree totally they are not nothing was expected of them and they 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 performed with honour they went out and represented mm-hmm. their team and they yeah they fought they didn't just go out and hope they you know hope for the best they 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 fought like Rocky, like an underdog. I was like, if we're going to do, do anything, we have to be at our best mentally, emotionally, as well as physically. And yeah, yeah they, I can't imagine them playing much better. And really, the 3-1 against Austria was maybe a bit um, a bit uh, kind on Austria. I don't think it necessarily deserved to score three goals. And the th- obviously, that third goal was with the Arnautovic uh, controversy, which yeah. kind of makes you, makes you go, maybe that goal should be chalked off. 
That's a good punishment for for it. Yeah, yeah. That would have been nice. Even though they still would have lost, it means one less goal in your in your goal difference and and whatever. Um, but yeah, then the with the Ukraine and obviously with with the Netherlands, they didn't didn't really have enough. But good, yeah, good on them. Indeed, indeed, good on them. Yes, yeah. I I was proud to see them do well, and I think Goran Pandev has become somewhat of a household name. Of just like there are like lots of people across Europe including me, who now knows Goran Pandev right at the end of his career, right at the high point of his career, like 38 years old, where it's like, I didn't know who you were, Goran Pandev, but now I do, and you and your country have earned some respect. And I'd like to see them back in future tournaments, for sure. Yeah, that would be nice. Unlike the buggers of Group B... The buggers of Group B... Oh, sorry, well, that's, that's Russia again. But I meant Group D. The douchebags of Group D. The alliteration yes. caught you out there, didn't it? The, it did. The, the douches of D and the buggers of B. Um, just to, but quickly on C, like, Netherlands look really impressive and I'm excited to see what happens to them. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm sad to see Ukraine go through because I don't think they deserved it. They they did, well, I don't know. They remember the first game of that of the, that group against the Holland was one of the yeah. best games we'd seen up until that point. Yeah. That was really exciting. And we found ourselves rooting for the Ukraine as yeah. a, as these underdogs and those goals are really, really exciting. But yeah, Holland looked good. And after a little bit of time in the international wilderness and always having a good squad, but somehow not really performing since I can really remember since like, was it World Cup 20? Which one was it? Man, I'm, I'm old, so I can't really remember which World Cup it is, but the, it was the very first game against Spain when Robin Van Persie scored a diving header from like 13 Oh yards. my God, that was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching that. That 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 was the night that I drove home and got caught for speeding. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's uh, yeah, it sticks it sticks in the memory. Did you send the fine to Van Persie? <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely my fault. Um, so I can't, can't blame anybody else. Scotland though, I'm sure they're going to spend a lot of time blaming us for their own failures. <laughs> You think this is a tough one for me because, as we said, kind of at the beginning, we wanted Scotland to do well, and we wanted Scotland to go through. And it's like, oh, if if more British teams go through, that would be great. But the general attitude towards the English team with that England game made me so angry that I was like, no, they've gone out good. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take their I didn't take their exuberance threateningly at all. I it's kind of like, I, oh, that's that's nice that they're really up for this, but you know. So yours is more of a. a I'm more patronising. Like pa- yeah, patronising, pedantic. Yeah. Like, oh, you've come to play on the world stage, have you, Scotland? That's that's cute. Yeah, but no, I mean, so- they they did remind me a little bit of North Macedonia in that they did have this kind of warrior spirit. Yeah. Like, no, none of them seemed to half ass it. It's just a bit like North Macedonia. This didn't have the quality. And like a 2-0 loss to Czech Republic looks worse than it probably was because of a wonder goal from yes. from 40, 50 yards. Um, but um, yeah, and the, the England game was just... it looked, uh, When you look at it as a nil-nil, you go, well, that was pretty boring. But actually, Scotland were better than England. And it's only because, oh, yeah. It's yeah. Only because they don't have necessarily their talent and the quality in their squad that they didn't win or didn't score a goal. It's just yeah. they... They fought for it and they fully deserved a point, if not more. And then, yeah, by the last game, maybe it's it's fatigue and 
Croatia being as good as they are, it was kind of inevitable that it was going to come to an end. Yes, yeah, I think for me, the the England game itself left a, a bad taste in my mouth because the game, it, it was just such a terrible game all round. Um, it, was just, it, was just, it was just awful to watch. And it left me feeling very depressed about the England team and then a little bit just frustrated as well at, at the Scottish team, especially it was the post-match commentary that really got me as well where um i can't remember his name it's the scottish the scottish pundit who was on there the guy with the short hair yeah scott brown was it scott brown no no i don't think it was uh the uh, older guy gray hair beard beard scottish yes i can't remember i always want to call him ali mccoy's but it's not ali mccoy's okay because there's ali mccoy's in commentary and there's been scott brown james mcfadden was on the bbc team um you are specifically talking about scottish people right Yes, yeah. Um, Grey hair and a beard. Graham Souness, he doesn't have a beard. Oh, he did have a bit of a beard, actually. Graham Souness, was it him? Possibly, I'm not sure. Anyway, whoever it was that was there, it was him next to Roy Keane. And Roy Keane, yeah. was, Roy Keane was just going, England weren't good enough, and if England play like this, then they're going to go out and they don't deserve to be at the tournament. And the Scottish commentator was like, no, 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 England were great. But Scotland were really great. And it was because we were so good that England couldn't do anything. I don't want to hear that England were no good. Scotland were great. And I was, but I was like, well, yeah, that, that's a fair point. But he just kept going and going and going and going. And I'm like, you weren't that great. Right? It's like, don't, don't think you're all that because you held a Southgate team to a nil-nil draw, Scotland. <laughs> if it's, San Marino can do it <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's a combination of Scotland being better than they were expected to be and England being a lot worse than they were expected to be um, yes. but yeah I mean it's fair Scotland were great and the players like Billy Gilmore really like just took oh, yeah, the game by the scruff of the really neck well. and yeah really stifled stifled England so yeah, yeah. I can understand Graham Souness if it was him being a little uh, over enthusiastic in his yes. uh, in his punditry. Yeah. yeah, well it's a nice mirror to Roy Keane, who is just dry and miserable the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um but I think that that's rubbing off on me, to be honest, the Roy Keane thing. And um yeah, it was it is depressing to watch England play again. Um It was. Which is why I think I'm against I'm against any team that plays against England because it means I have to watch the match and I find it <laughs> quite depressing. Bad luck, yeah. Yeah, Group E then. A big surprise here. Again, the opposite of what we would have expected against many predictions, I think. Group E, Poland, finish bottom. Yep. That's... It must be really frustrating for Robert Lewandowski. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about it before when we talked about Group E, that... He's kind of been solely responsible for all of their goals. He like he scored, he scored three eventually. But the first goal that Poland managed against Slovakia, where they were soundly beaten, it was kind of the, we talked about the fact that he kind of just moved out of the way and all defenders followed him that left Lenetti with an opportunity to score. But yeah, there's just it, it's. I guess it goes to show that having one world class player can't, it can't always drag the team through, and. They were just, they were poor. And Slovakia, I feel a little bit sorry 
for not going through as one of the, the better third place teams because they showed up and they tried, and the, the the win against Poland was was really impressive and they were really close to getting a point against Sweden, and then they were maybe a little bit unlucky that Spain decided to show up and remember how to play football <laughs> for that last game and ended up losing five nil. But mm. yeah, what did you think about that that Spain that Spain five nil victory? Um, I thought that was. A roller coaster ride of the day for the goalkeeper. Yeah. For the, the Slovakian goalkeeper, where he they've got, he's up against a penalty in like the first thirty minutes, he saves the penalty, an absolute marvel. Spain haven't scored from the penalty spot in five penalties. It was like an unbelievable save. Then ten minutes later, he palms the ball into the back of his own net. That was unbelievable. I don't even know how he managed to do that. Like, yeah. No matter how many times you've seen it, it's, it's like, did he have his eyes closed? Like, I just can't understand how that happened. And you talk a about voodoo curse, Dave. It was a Maybe voodoo was. curse. Someone was stip- stabbing needles under his armpits with a voodoo doll, <laughs> yeah. right? Right in that moment. Um, but yeah, that was so bizarre. But I wouldn't say that it was a great save for the penalty. Obviously, it's like exciting, and you know it'll go down as he saved the penalty against Spain in the Euros. But ultimately. I'm going to say it again, one of the most overrated strikers in Europe, Alvaro Morata's penalty was a bit dog shit and made it easy for Depravka as long as he guessed the right way, and he did. Um, but yeah, then to be the kind of quality shot stopper that he is, that he's shown as a new, for Newcastle over the years, to do something like that was so bizarre. And a bit like with with Germany's resurgence, it, it, took, it took that for Spain to really click into gear and... I think I said I think I messaged you. It was a bit just before half time, saying that Spain could already be three three nil up. I think it was yeah, nil nil actually been. when they 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 yeah. could have been three nil up or should have been three yeah. nil up before then, but they were being so wasteful. And yeah. so they, they but, missed they missed two perfect chances, and they missed the penalty. Yeah, and then they That's still it. won five nil. They yeah they could have won nine ten nil if they yeah, yeah they could if, yeah. if they'd been yeah. on it and so really it's five nil is kind of almost a bit of a, a bit of generosity from Spain, both of the way Slovakia played and from their own wastefulness. But you talk about surprises, Sweden finishing top of the group with seven points, unbeaten, only conceded twice, and so an unlikely candidate for the golden boot race, the uh, the Swedish Modric, <laughs> as, we've, uh, <laughs> yeah. as we've dubbed him, from midfield, Forsberg, notching um, two goals against Poland to follow up his penalty against Slovakia. But um, yeah, now it's just like with Germany, talking about Spain, you want to know where their momentum is and whether they have any and whether the, the good performances were a blip or whether they've yeah turned a corner. Um, but I guess we're going to get onto the, the, the what the fuck is happening with Germany question um, when we get onto Group F. Well, let's, let's move on to Group F then because uh, Hungary got knocked out after seeming like they may come second in the group, <laughs> for a moment, yeah, and well, we I think we were we both watching Portugal versus um, France, primarily yes, because yeah. yes, because I uh, I wanted to watch Germany versus Hungary. However, everybody else in the house wanted to watch France versus Portugal. Uh, so in the end, that's what we did because you know who gives a shit what Dominic wants anyway. You, know. <laughs> you were outvoted. Democracy. 
Yeah, but I don't believe in democracy anymore, Dave. I believe in the I believe in the enforced monarchy of Victor Von Doom. Victor Von Dom. Yeah. Oh, that's my Latvian player name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So, but, um, so yeah. Hungary, Hungary were up and down that whole, that whole game. It was kind of it was absolutely insane. Yeah, um, unbelievable. And I was cheering them on. I think we said as English people, we'd love to see Germany lose and go out. Oh, so yeah. when they were. When they were one nil up for so long, you're like, yes, come on! And even when they, they eventually goes to two one, and you're going, fucking get in there, Hungary! And then bloody fucking Germany have to go and equalise in the eighty fourth minute, don't they? But speaking of teams who were not expected to do anything, like North Macedonia, and can go home with their heads held high, in a group that contained France, Germany, and Portugal, Hungary got two points, and yeah, you know, yeah. scored a few goals. They drew against France and against Germany. Yeah, but that's amazing, especially that's after losing. Insane. The, yeah. It's insane, and they, especially after losing the first game against Portugal, eventually playing so well, holding on for so long, mm. and then to be like, you know what, we're not going to let this dampen our spirits. We're going to keep playing the same way, and yeah, they get the draw against France with a, that great goal um, from, um, from Fiola, and then yeah, to to finish the tournament, sadly for them, but finish the the group having held Germany to a two all draw in Munich. Like, get in there, Hungary. It's a shame that your leader is a is a psychopathic bigot, but you know <laughs> the football team did did amazingly. And yeah, yeah, I feel I feel bad that like the likes of them and North Macedonia go home when Ukraine <laughs> gets to go through. I know I keep talking about Ukraine, but I just besides that game against um, Holland, I just don't I just don't think they deserve it. And it's it's a shame that. Um, Finland and Slovakia, the other third place teams who've got three points, don't get to go through just because of goal difference. When mm-hmm. I think they they've shown a lot more heart and a lot more courage than than Ukraine did. But what can you do? These are the, this is the way it works. Yeah. Well, for that that Hungary Germany game in Munich, we should probably bring up. Uh, I predicted that the Munich stadium would would light up in the rainbow flag. Yeah. in uh, defiance of UEFA. They didn't seem to, but we did get a lot of rainbow flag protests throughout the game. Well, the very beginning of the game, during the Hungarian national anthem, a protester ran onto the pitch with a rainbow flag. Fans were sat in the stadium with rainbow flags. More rainbow flags than you've ever bloody seen rainbows in your life, mate. Wow. I didn't See, I didn't watch the game, so I, I didn't see any of that. Ah, well, you didn't see the protester? No, I saw none of it. Ah, well, I heard the phrase streaker being used, but I'm not sure how true... In my mind, a streaker has to be naked. Like, yeah. otherwise, it's a, it's a pitch invasion, right? It's Wasn't not there a just pitch like... invasion in one of the first games as well? And I remember the commentator saying, oh, there's a streaker on the pitch, so we're just going to show you this while that happens. And then he even went on to say, well, I suppose they're not naked, so they can't really be talked to <laughs> right. called a, a streaker. And, and I'm sure he had someone in his ear going, stop talking about the pitch invasion. The whole point of yeah. it, of us not showing it, is that we don't give them any publicity. So just shut up and talk about the football. Do you know one of the things I really love about the culture of football is that there are no other sports whereby randomly sometimes a naked person appears on the pitch you don't get that in cricket very often do you but i mean i don't know when was the last time it happened in football really i don't really remember it's been a long time 
Well, you don't. It's, you're not in the middle of snooker, and then suddenly someone, <laughs> someone's naked, runs across, like runs across the crucible or whatever. I think that's know. a way better opportunity for a streak than a football match. Like a, yeah. a smaller venue, less people, tighter yeah. cameras. That's the best yeah. time to do it for sure. Either that or darts. That's risky. Just for, just for the risk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just for the. <laughs> I'd love. I. You know what? It would be so. British, if the next time the NFL comes to play in London, that there's a streaker. Because it never happens when the NFL comes, and it never happens in the NFL. But that, to me, would be such a British thing to do at that game. I think we should do it, Dave. But, oh, I, was, I think well, what I was about to say was that, especially if it's like some middle-aged, out-of-shape <laughs> beer gut man like that that yes. that is the english thing to do not yeah. some not some young sprightly thing like you or i that would zip in and out <laughs> do- dodging all of the stewards like like a running back evading tackles yeah, oh, yeah. and I mean, then they'll be then they'll be like sign that naked man up and <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's how we end up sign that the naked 30 year old english boy <laughs> Oh, you can't take me down, defensive tackles. Oh, Aaron Donald, watch this duke, he says. Man, he, uh, Aaron Donald would snap you in half. <laughs> you can try, Dave. <laughs> but if I'm naked, I'm slippery, I'm covered in grease. You're going to get greased up? Beforehand. I'm going to ask lunch lady Doris to, to get me ready. <laughs> Is Aaron Donald out on the pitch, Doris? <laughs> Grease yes. me up, woman. Yes, he is. <laughs> this is a diversion. It's a great one. Oh my god! So this—that's the end. Those are the losers. Those, Those are the are guys the go- who are out. They're they're gone. Some of some who, who were, we, some we're sad to see, and some we're glad to see. Yeah, I have to admit, Hungary. I'm not really that bothered. Uh, Poland, a surprise, very big shame for my fantasy football team. Where I think we might have to do a little bit of a, a a second mini episode about fantasy football teams, and I think uh, yeah, it's it's Lewandowski really let me down on that one. Scotland, if you told me at the beginning of the tournament, I would have been sad. Now, nah, <laughs> fuck them. But says. really, really, it's North Macedonia that you know that impressed out of the losers. The, to me, North Macedonia is the the Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Of this, uh, of this situation, well, I, I, he's a loser, but he's one of the best. <laughs> nice, nice reference to a a, a long forgotten action comedy from the uh, mid two thousands. What'd you give it out of ten? It's probably a six. Yes. Next podcast on awful commentary. It's already decided. Our next uh, podcast project: six out of ten. Where me and Dave, and I think we should get some guests in. It should be a guest-heavy podcast where we specifically look at movies that, like, yeah, oh, I remember that. <laughs> That's how you describe. It. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I saw. I'm sure I saw the losers. Was that was was that Chris Evans? No, it couldn't have been. No, it was. That's the kind of movie. That's the kind of movie. Yeah, those kind of movies that you go, eh, it was fine. Like, you don't regret yeah. watching it, but it also wasn't brilliant. And, yeah, ultimately, it's a little forgettable. Yeah. Because of uh, it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much of that we've... How much we've talked about that on 
while recording that's been shared because we talk about it a lot just privately <laughs> and maybe yeah. we we're we've we're mis taking a misstep here and we're actually we're bringing this up for the very first time for the for the general public but anyway well yes it's a yeah. great idea and we should definitely definitely do it we'll do it we'll do it well thank you for listening to uh this episode of who watches the world cup on the losers why aren't we gonna up. aren't we gonna preview all the the the, the matchups in the round of 16 or at least mention who's oh. playing who. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Professional Podcaster. <laughs> sat over there, knowing what he's doing, knowing what he's talking about. God, go on then. Fine. I guess people would want to know about the quarterfinals. We're not there yet. It's the round of 16 first, Dom. Oh, for goodness sake. I'm really letting myself down. Right, the <laughs> round of 16. Who have we got? Line them up. We've Line got Wales. Up. Yeah, Wales play Denmark uh, tomorrow at time of recording on Saturday, 26th of June, um, followed by Italy versus Austria. So there's, I think there's two, those two games you're looking at, one's pretty easy to call, you would expect, and the other one is, is, is trickier, to say the least. Are you, are you going to give any more information than that? <laughs> If you want me to lay it out there, but I think Italy are probably going to beat Austria, and I'm not okay. sure. Who, I'm not sure who's going to beat, uh, who's going to win out of Wales and Denmark. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to call it Italy win, Denmark win. Okay. That's my prediction. I, I can't. I um. That's fair to say. Like again, I want to go with my heart and hope that Wales win, but I do think Denmark are probably better. But Wales have have done great so far. So who knows. Um, then we move on to Sunday. Sunday, Holland. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Holland versus the Czech Republic. Yep, Holland. Going Holland. Yeah, I think so. Czech Republic have kind of edged, have scraped through really, um, and their their superstar Patrick Schick, after scoring two really good goals against Scotland and then a penalty, has not really yeah. done much besides score those goals. Um, so yeah, I would expect them to go out, and then then it's kind of a sad oh. one. Belgium versus Portugal. I don't think that's sad at all. I think that's a drool-worthy round of 16. That's one of the games... I think this round of 16, when you look at the lineup of games, you're like, oh my God, that's a good game. Oh, that's a good game. Oh, that's going to be a good game. Well, Belgium versus Portugal? Are you kidding me? In the round of 16? That feels like a World Cup round of 16 match. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could well be. And I guess the reason I think it's a shame is that the one of those two teams has to go out. Yeah. So... Either the number one ranked team in the world, who we're, everyone's hoping in it, well, not everyone's hoping, but people are expecting they're going to, this could be the time where they actually bring it all together and actually win something with yeah. the squad they have. And the other side, you've got Ronaldo and all his mates <laughs> who, <laughs> and who actually have a better squad than they probably did when they won it um, yeah. five years ago. So, yeah, I think that'll be definitely worth a watch because I'm actually going to miss part of the Saturday games because um, I have to socialise. Oh, sad. Dear. I'm very sad to report. But I definitely won't be missing Belgium versus Portugal. I guarantee it. I'm predicting Belgium. Okay. Dom goes Belgium and Holland to progress. Yep. Um, into the quarterfinals. And then Monday's games. Croatia versus Spain. Oh. And France versus Switzerland. Oh. Okay, France... I think you've got to put your money on France. They're France. Yeah. You know. I think we should, you should be expecting them to go as far as they 
want to go. As far as they want to go, until they come up against, I don't know, some other team as good as them, so Belgium. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Otherwise, yeah. that's going to be, um, you know, they really, that probably really should be the final, um, except they will meet in the semi-final if they win. But then Belgium will have, Belgium will be facing Italy if they, if they both win their Ooh. round of 16 games. So, you know, it's that's tasty. That's tasty. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, the other game's more difficult to call. Croatia-Spain, yeah, I think so. Because Croatia, they're elderly. <laughs> but, Spain, but Spain have sucked. And it's very rare to see a team win 5-0... And be like, they're not that good. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they they've certainly shown that they're not that good by, not like nil nil against Sweden, one all against Poland, and Poland finished bottom of the group, and that was their only point. So yeah, I guess Spain are, are weird at the moment. Yeah, really weird. I got to put it on Spain though. You're gonna go Spain. I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. You might be right. I think they're they're more up and coming. I think their squad is younger, yeah. um, whereas the Croatia squad is a lot of the players who were still who were there at the World Cup final and lost, um, um, and even Modric, who can score a peach of a, a twenty five yard oh, on the yeah. outside of his boot, whenever he wants. Um, oh yeah, then you know Spain might be a bit more energetic and harder to hard to pin down. Um, so you're going to go Spain and you're going to go France. Yeah, and then. The 29th of June. The big one. Oh, dear God. It's directly from Hamden Park, Glasgow. Sweden versus the Ukraine. Ah, oh, it's the one we've all been waiting for. It's the Battle of the Blue and Yellows. It is. It is. Uh, Sweden have been the better team, but I prefer Ukraine to win. But I think it's going to be Sweden. Why would you prefer Ukraine to win? This Glory this for the heroes. Glory for Ukraine. Well, because of Crimea. That's why you're going for Ukraine. Do yeah. It for, do it for Crimea. Do it for Crimea. Right. Time to wheel in that politics again, Dave. British warship. Did you see this on the news the other day? You don't watch the news, so you I saw the headline didn't. and I kept scrolling until I got to the sports section. Great. There was a British warship that was in Ukraine taking supplies and all kinds of stuff. Then, on the way back, they went a little bit too close to Crimea. So the Russians sent a fighter jet after them and started shooting warning shots, they say. Warning shots and warning bombs at the British ship. Then the Russians sent out, like, a tweet, being like, ha-ha, we just bombed the British. And then the British went, no, you didn't. <laughs> wow. I know. Drama. This is, like, <laughs> this is like the opposite of Putin's tactics, where Putin does something and then says that he didn't do it. The British tactic seems to be they do something and then we say they didn't, right? And it's like, they say, oh, we, we were so strong and menacing, we dropped bombs at you. And we're like, nah, you didn't. Yeah, it's nothing. No, it was nothing splashes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, I see you were doing some training exercises, were you? Yes, very, very nice. Yes, very, very impressive. Big boy, big boy Russia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, that patronising thing that I, I was doing this tap Scotland on the head and be like, yeah. oh, you, you think this is a big deal? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's, um, that's, so, that's so good of you, Russia. Well done. Well done. Well, well yes, done. You, you, you're on the, 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 the political stage. Yes, you are. Don't worry. Yes, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. Who's a big country? Who's a big country? <laughs> Who's the biggest country in the world with nothing but empty space? You are. <laughs> yes, you are. So what's, what might be the repercussions for that then? 
Well, nothing, because we're not even saying that they did it. (laughs) (laughs) We have to admit they did something for there to be repercussions. But we're like, to be honest, we didn't even notice, which is really bizarre. (laughs) That's great. That's a great way of playing it, though. Like, you know, we talked about um, Xi Jinping being so yeah. angry about being yeah, Winnie the Pooh and something else with the, <laughs> with the Russians where instead of just like going eh it's no big deal or it's like Barack Obama not even mentioning that someone said he looked like Tigger and then no one brings yeah. it up we're just like oh really okay oh what, were there bombs because you might need bigger bombs for us to take notice of you actually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you can just someone... imagine Putin be like no we did bomb you we did yeah. we did <laughs> I thought someone was skimming stones off the deck <laughs> Oh, wonderful. The Russians will be at war soon. But I think Sweden I think Sweden are going to win. I, I expect Sweden to, to win too and they're a weird they're a weird team that no one I well, okay, I'm gonna speak personally. Every tournament I go, Oh Sweden, they're fine, they're an average team and then we England played them in what, the round of sixteen or the quarterfinals of the World Cup? Um it's the quarterfinals, wasn't it? Because we beat Colombia first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but so they yeah, they tend they go far somehow so they they're going to be they're going to be there in the in the quarterfinals I would think and they'll be, whoever wins that game Sweden will be facing the winner of England versus Germany Oof. our fourth game in a row at Wembley Stadium in a quote unquote international tournament <laughs> that's going to be great all we have to do is get past Germany Dave that's it. If we were ever going to face the Germans, this is the tournament to do it, where they've been at their weakest. Yeah, they beat Portugal 4-2. But to do that, Portugal had to put two goals in their own net. Yeah, first. they, they Yeah. Uh, sorry, Germany didn't score until they'd already had two own goals um, scored for them. So, yeah, you're right. This is, is a pretty fun time. And I'm glad that they had that last game against Hungary last if that 4-2 against Portugal was the last game, I'd be a little bit more nervous about maybe they're building some momentum. But yeah, they only they were at home, in front of their home fans. They scraped a draw against Hungary with an 84th minute equaliser. And now, yeah, now is a great time for, a, <laughs> for, for England to be playing them. You're right. So I'm not, I'm not all doom and gloom about it. Mm, I must admit I am. And I think one of the reasons that I am, is I was reading, there's only one player on the England squad that the Germans are really afraid of. And that is because there's only one player that actually plays in Germany. And after playing in Germany, he's been one of the best players in the Bundesliga for like two seasons in a row. And yet, has he and got yet, on the pitch yet? For Gareth Southgate hasn't played him once. Yeah. Uh... And that's kind of strange because the Germans would be like, oh, no, they've got Sancho. He's been tearing up the league. And Southgate's like, ah, yeah, we're not even going to play him. Don't worry about it. You're going you're gonna to play, you're going to have like Marcus Rashford instead. Well, I would hope that um, Southgate is very aware of that factor. And I will either include him or, well, because it can go both ways. They can be like, well... He's really been playing really well again like, the Bundesliga in Germany. So do we play him against play him against Germany, or they all know him, so they're going to know how to stop him. So maybe we don't play him, but then he still scores goals and gets tons of assists. So yeah, no, you're right. I'm with you. Play him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also probably should have been playing before now because now you don't play him because you're four games in and everybody else is match fit. Everyone else has got match sharpness, and yeah. Sancho's just been sat there 
not playing. Yeah, you're right. So maybe so, the best you can hope for is a substitute appearance. Gareth Southgate, bloody hell. Bloody hell. We well, better, I tell you what, the next one, the next one of these, when we talk about the round of 16, we better have good things to say about Gareth Southgate. Because if we don't, <laughs> it's going to be a good couple of hours yeah, of, we, ha- we haven't had anything slander. good to say about him really since the Croatia game, really, where we were kind of like, is was it all just tactically yes. genius? But when the second two games, yeah, not not many great things to say. Um, yeah, so I, I hope I'm with you. I have one more thing that I'd like to bring up before we stop. Oh, yeah. And that's the golden boot. Oh, yes. And I, th- I think you, uh, you, maybe you've sent this to me in a WhatsApp message or something, but currently Cristiano Ronaldo is leading the golden boot with with five. Um, then you have four other players on three goals, Lukaku, Schick, Wijnaldum and Forsberg, who are all still in the tournament. Lewandowski got 3-2, but, you know, he's he's going he's home. He's out. But if you were to include own goals in the golden boot running, it would be winning. There have been, <laughs> what, one, two, three, four, five, six, there have been eight own goals <laughs> in this tournament. All from different players, unfortunately. Yes. It'd be great if one player scored like three own goals and was in the running for the golden boot. The reverse golden <laughs> in, boot. The mirror the universe golden boot. Yeah, yeah. like like the Razzies, but for yeah. the golden boot. <laughs> yeah. The brown boot. <laughs> own goals in the lead, possibly ahead of COVID. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I suppose. What do you are you counting contractions or just like have to self isolate because of a positive test like um, Mason Mountains? Ben Chilwell. I think they've got to be included because they were kicked out. Yeah, so you've got, to... you've got those two. You've got Busquets and Lorente at the beginning, even though he, you know, yeah. he's been cleared since. You've got there was a Swedish player as well that I, I can't remember. So that's at least five. Yeah. So they would yeah, be at least. The, yeah, there was the Scottish player himself. Oh, Billy Gilmore. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, COVID is winning the Golden Boot so far. If oh. you count. <laughs> It's a tight race, this tournament, between coronavirus and the own goals for who's going to win the golden golden boot. (laughs) Yeah, followed in third place by Ronaldo. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what, Dave? If if we'd done predictions at the beginning of the tournament, that would have been almost exactly what I would have predicted. So, (laughs) join us on the next episode of Who Watches the World Cup for other witty commentary like this. And uh, also to get our... uh, analysis of fantasy football at the Euros and how that's a bloody mess and we will see you next time Phew no Thunderbirds fuck ups on that one No This like one's just Captain Scarlet dun, 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 Robots dun, dun, in disguise dun. No, What? No <laughs> You know what Captain Scarlet I think I was talking about this to Alex a, a while ago was Thunderbirds is a very clear, concise idea for a television show, right? You've got a bunch of billionaire, you've got a billionaire family, they're, they're super rich, they live on a tropical island, and they've got, like, rocket ships, and when there's disasters, they go and they, they help people in disasters, right? It's just it's just rich people in rocket ships helping out in disasters. That's it's like, fantastic it's pretty easy. Form. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Right, then try and explain Captain Scarlet. I don't even remember what it was about. Well, doesn't he die and then comes back to life? Yeah, okay, right, yes. So, Captain Scarlet is part of a planetary defence organisation, kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D., where all of their agents are colour-coordinated. So you've got Captain Scarlet, Captain Why he's not Captain 
Red, first of all. Now, Captain Scarlet sounds better, but Captain Scarlet, Captain Red, a Colonel White, you know, all the, all Ca- Captain Mustard, all, all the good stuff. <laughs> Colonel Mustard, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, that's just the beginning, because if it was Thunderbirds, then Captain Scarlet would go out and help people and whatever, but he doesn't. But what Captain Scarlet does is he fights an evil, invisible Martian enemy called the Mysterons. Yeah. Yes. And the, the Mysterons don't have bodies. They've got weird circles that fly, and then they telepathically take control of people to sabotage the defences of Earth. And then the main villain is one of Captain Scarlet's best friends turned evil, Captain Black. Also, Captain Scarlet can't die. Like, how did they come round to pitching... <laughs> That. I do not. Like, Why can't he die? Oh, but he's indestructible. That's his whole thing. Oh, okay. Like, but also, what a way to relieve tension when your protagonist is indestructible. It means that they can like blow him up every episode, and that's pretty cool. It looks cool, but yeah, he's, he's yeah, not gonna die. But there's there's no tension because Captain Scarlet's indestructible. Yeah. The Mysterons. This is the voice of the Mysterons. Is that Christopher Lee? Clean up in aisle five. <laughs> it sounds like you're doing Christopher Lee, but is it Christopher Lee who was the voice, um, voice of Captain Scarlet? No, or the voice no, of the Mysterons in Captain Scarlet. The voice of the Mysterons. Yeah, they were great. Mysterons you sound like you're you're cut. You're throwing shade on Gandalf right now. <laughs> well, Christopher Lee wasn't Gandalf, so I think we'll be alright. I know it'd be you being Saruman. Oh right, I see. Alex does a good. Uh, Christopher Lee. So, <laughs> I thought we were just going to talk about Christopher Lee. Now we're three minutes into this. You can, have, you can have my Captain Scarlet explainer as a bonus episode if you want. I cannot wait to put that out. Bonus episode: Dom explains what Captain Scarlet was. <laughs> oh, and then there's like these female fighter pilots called the Angels, and they're there as well. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Sounds alright. Okay. Oh, and then there was Stingray. That was just a submarine Stingray, called Stingray. 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 Yeah, I remember that, that a, one. Yeah, another great theme song. Like, they were just smashing out amazing theme songs. Big time. That's what... It was half of the... Half of the job was not only to come up with a good idea for a show, but to come up with a good theme song. Yeah. And like the, they the, fucking nailed it. Jerry the, Anderson was on top of that shit. Yeah, and then the 90s sort of cartoons took that on we were like well we yeah. can't have a show without a great theme song yeah hello and welcome to who watches the world cup the podcast where well i don't even know what we do anymore dave